You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danica. And Riley. And uh, it's September 30th, which means the best time of the year is coming. Um, right, I was not supposed to sing anymore. <laughs> that was a request. Oh no, was, oh no. no. Regrets from me. I can sing to myself. A hundred percent. No more voices, no more singing. Yeah, just <laughs> take it all in. Um, yeah, I fucking love October because I love like scary stuff. I love pumpkin patches. I love fall. I love the outfits. I am so ready for it. I am going to force men to take me to pumpkin patches and be my like stand-in dates. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super excited for this as well because uh, first of all, Halloween is very much a North American thing. So I never went trick or treating as a kid, um, and we we never celebrated it at all. Like partly because I swear to God, my mom thought it was like Satan's Panic. birthday. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but like yeah, it was like it was um very anti-Christian and she also just didn't want to like send me to people's doors begging for candy when she teaches uh, teaches us like every other day of the year to like avoid strangers trying to give you candy. Yeah. Um but also it's like coming into summer, it's spring in uh New Zealand. Okay, so it's opposite for you. Exactly. So we don't I mean we have like pumpkin spice thanks to starbucks but like we don't have pumpkin pie we don't do pumpkin patches like it's no cozy sweater hot coffee type of weather for us so do people (laughs) i know i know so it's yeah i love i love halloween here it's It's, my favorite yeah it's everything that i i would have dreamed of oh my god when i was a little girl (laughs) as a little child (laughs) not allowed to go (laughs) trick-or-treating no i can go to all the stages on a birthday (laughs) <laughs> now i can worship him fully yeah. um i fucking love halloween i love everything spooky i love horror movies um the idea of like going to like creepy places and like being scared it like gets me off so i'm stoked me too i'm really upset that they're probably not going to be able to do the corn maze in Oh, really? Because I know, like, um, Man Farms in the Valley is on, and we're, I'm definitely forcing you to come with me to that, because it's well, that, super fucking good. That's what I went to last year, without you. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I like, there was one where they, like, touch you and grab you, so they're obviously not really going to be able to do that because of COVID, and I don't know, I just feel like it's going to be... It's not as funny if they're not touching me Exactly. No, what but... I'm um, paying for <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be different. Obviously, there's going to be, like, less people, but you're going to have to stay six feet away from everyone, and, like, that's not scary. I yeah. mean, COVID is scary, but six feet is not. <laughs> A little cove, cove. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um <laughs> well, I had, like, some funny things happen this past week. I was at a house party. Um, Under six people at home? Of course. <laughs> Um, <laughs> out. um yeah and uh they were all like you know like crazy rich asians that movie yeah it was literally like their kids um extremely wealthy like the house um that we were in is like this insane house i i dropped you off when i was going there um or yeah you you got picked up from there when i was going in but fucking nowhere yeah it was in like yeah um but gorgeous. Like, if you had gone to, like, fully to the house, the house was insane. 
Um, and there's some, like, billionaire family, apparently. And the guy that, like, the kid that has that house, he's, like, 27. It's, like, his house. His parents bought him, like, a couple houses, and that was one of the ones they bought him. And he wasn't even there. He, like, had left, like, an hour earlier because he wanted to go to his other house or something. And then, all his friends were just, like, hanging out in his house. Why was he being so fucking cheap? Who was? <laughs> that guy. The guy was being cheap? Yeah. My client? Yeah. He didn't want, no, like, an extra girl. Oh, to, like, that was a you, that was a, out for nah, a that was a you thing. Um, he just didn't want you to come. Okay. <laughs> no, didn't he want, like, originally, like, many girls and then try to, like... He wanted three. Yeah, gotcha. and then he decided just two because one of them wasn't available and you, you still couldn't make that good. So, what did we learn today? <laughs> it's a you thing. Um, but, no, yeah, so... We were at the house, and it was really fun. His parents, his friends were all really sweet. And then um, we were playing Never Have I Ever at the end of the night. Oh, my God. No. They're young, right? Whatever. And, well, not that young. They're, like, 26, 27. And uh, it was so funny. You know how, like, sometimes when you Never Have I Ever, people, like, target certain people. Like, Never Have I Ever, like, fucked a guy named Scott or something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know? So one of the girls was like, Never Have I Ever fucked in an old navy bathroom and the one girl was like shriek laughing and like all the other people in the room were like what's old navy (laughs) and i'm not even joking none of them knew what old navy was because it's so like beneath them and they're someone was like oh it's like superstore and they're like what ew and then someone was like oh like a poor person store and this one was like kind of yeah and then they're like ew no i fucking like Chanel, like, like Chanel changer. It's not, like, a fucking whatever. And that was, like, what they took away. It was so gross that their friend, like, had, like, gone into the old Navy store. <laughs> That's the was, worst part of that story. Yeah, and I literally was like, wow, this is how the other half lives. <laughs> like, it was so funny. Uh-huh. Um, I had a little chuckle. Um, other funny things that happened this week. Um, Riley got my portrait tattooed on her left arm. Oh, my God. It's not you. Uh, okay. We will include a photo of no, your arm in this. <laughs> and it's literally me. <laughs> I'm sorry that, like, you think that any girl with big tits is you. I'm sorry that you think every girl with long brown hair, brown First eyes, all, long lashes. it's a work. It's not coming. Long lashes, big lips, and big, big boobs that I wrote Danica under is you. <laughs> There's other people named Danica. Okay, first of all, <laughs> it's a single line drawing of a woman drinking coffee. Mm, yeah. There is no brown hair because it's a single line yeah, black right, tattoo. Right, right. Then I do the fact that I have coffee every time I see you. Yeah, same. Like, <laughs> and I didn't get a tattoo of you, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> Anyways, Riley's still a little embarrassed because she get past me. I wouldn't notice it was me. The eyelashes are way too short to be you. Mm-hmm. 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 So you need to check your ego at the door. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were at your house party and everyone was like, whoa, why'd you get daddy on you? <laughs> when did you get that photo of Danica? Jesus Christ. But none of my business, though. I appreciate the gesture. I- okay. <laughs> this is my way of saying thank you. Oh Sweet. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. It's you not going to go. <laughs> um, Have you been working? What's going on with that? I know me and you started kind of looking into selling panties online and you've been kind of getting some luck with that right yeah i sold i have a new client now who i sold a pair of panties to panties last week (laughs) and uh i like within two hours he emailed me requesting a second pair were you fun (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Look, <laughs> Riley, I'm super disappointed. Things are not half as smelly as I expected. Um, no, no. Were you, uh, were you offered? No, no, no. He was like, I don't know. It was just an exchange, right? Like, ask each other how we were. I don't know. I didn't feel awkward about it. He didn't seem awkward at all. Like, And then we found out later that he's like a buyer of another friend of ours. Yeah. Um, and apparently he's just like racking up the panties somewhere. He's 100% resigned. Like, there you Like, maybe. Um, but no, that's awesome to like have a, I guess, what might be a regular. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and then I, we did a gig together, which was a hoot and a half. And yeah, I don't know. I've been working a little bit. I'm back in school now, so. What gig do we hear today? Whistler. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think back. I'm like, what the fuck? Where yeah, did we work together? Like, last right. Week. Yeah, so I don't know. I've been working a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's good. I, what's, what's up? How's Pandy selling going for you? I haven't sold any, but it's just, it's because it's not, like, a good, it's not enough for me to put my energy into, like, money-wise. Yeah. Um, so I got two new sub-clients, which are great. Um, one really, really loves smothering, and he's actually going to be here today because he wanted to um, have me sit on his face for the entire recording. So we'll have to do that next time, so stay tuned for that, um, or sometime coming up. Uh, but, yeah, he's really good. He's, you know, people always, and he's, like, a good-looking mid-30s guy, and he just likes having someone sit on his face. So you just sit on his face with, like, your clothes on. It's not like pussy's on his face. And he's just, like, it's so funny. Like, I was sitting on his face, and I was like, I wonder if he's dead. Like, I was like, like, fuck. You, like, like looked down at his chest, yeah. making sure that yeah. it's, like, So I, like, lifted up, up a bit, and I looked down, and he's, like, has, like, this shit-eating grin. Oh, I guess that's really pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> that was so not intentional. Ew. Ew. <laughs> a very happy smile on his face. <laughs> and uh, he was just like loving life, but he like couldn't breathe. And yeah, it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he's like a really good client. I'm excited to take him on. And then um, <laughs> my other client. Um, he his fetish is really like about impregnation stuff like breeding stuff mm-hmm. so when I'm doing dances for him I have to like tell him how he's gonna impregnate me and um, I'm gonna have his babies and I'm gonna take all his money and he's gonna be broke <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because he comes from a lot of money I don't think he's ever understood what being broke was right so okay so then and maybe it's because I'm single and because I don't like I, I'm just never really single so I don't work a lot when I'm single because I'm not single. Um, I don't know. Like, my clients, it's, like, hitting differently now that I'm, like, single with clients. Because mm-hmm. I'll start being like, huh, you kind of cute, though. <laughs> and you got money. And, like, I've kind of been, like, crushing on some of my clients lately, which never fucking happens for me. And I met a new client a little, like, last week. Or, like, a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, I guess last week now. And we went for lunch and, like, had, like, such a good time. And then we hung out, like, the next day and he bought me this, like thousand dollar bike um because he wanted to go bike ride together so we went for a bike ride together and watched the sunset and went for a dinner and yeah he like kissed me and then i don't usually kiss clients but i was like Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) i can bring your face here i was like yeah like so weirdly giddy and then we talked on the phone until like 3 30 in the fuck or no i guess it was like 4 30 in the morning i don't know what's happening and then he like booked us for sparkling hill next weekend yeah and then we're talking about like an allowance gift 
So we'll see how it goes. I don't know. He's pretty, I don't know. He's like very much my type. He's like, yeah, tall guy tatted up. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of like, you're a little bit, a little bit. And then I like, oh, (laughs) that's what I called you yesterday as soon as the date was, I was like, tell me not to fall for a fucking trick. Ugh, again. Again. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. That's one of the things I've like joked to him about. Um, I've like given him rules, like, you know, like make sure you always have money on you and like, you're always buying, bringing me a gift and like blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And I was like, and don't develop the fucking feelings for me. And he was like. He's like, you're going to fall in love with me first. And then, like, he called me, like, babe, the, like, yesterday or today. And I was like, ma'am, like, you are not sweet <laughs> about, like, feelings. But I'm, like, pussy throbbing when he says it. And I'm like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, we'll see. Maybe next week I'll hate him and he won't be a client anymore. But for now, I'm pretty stoked on it because yeah. it's a win-win for me. Perfect. I generally enjoy his company. We get on, like, a fucking house on fire. It's He's just hilarious. and And I find him attractive and... Yeah, he's generous, so everything a girl would want. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Next week, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Next. Next week. This is why you should never fall for a yeah. kind. <laughs> like, you know, a pile of um, tissues. Um, but yeah, so now I have a bike that I can ride around the seawall with, so that's exciting. Um, but yeah, so today... We're going to kind of go a smorgasbord of random (laughs) things that we want to talk about. So the first one being um, the creepiest way guys have hit on you. Okay. I know me and you had to talk about this like recently. Yeah. So I've had like two ones that really stick out to me. So one was like, I don't know, 4 p.m. I'm walking down a busy street in Vancouver and I have my headphones in and I'm on a little mission to like get to my car and I see a car who's driving, like, towards me, like, going the opposite way I am. And it just starts slowing down as it comes up to me. Oh, Jesus. And I'm just, like, She's you... so rapey. A hundred percent. And you instantly know where this is going as a woman. Like, 100%. you've seen this car move. And so I, like, kind of shoulder check a little bit. And the car is fully slowing down and oh. kind of pulled to the side. And I knew this fucker was going to pull a U-turn and then, like, come back up to me. So, sure enough, turns around... And is driving now beside me, going the same way as I am, with their windows rolled down, and they're trying to talk to me out out the window. And I'm like, that's so gross. Like, I think that the last way a woman wants to be hit on is to be followed in a a fucking car. Like, that's so kidnappy. And, like, especially... It's, like, me hitting on a guy by, like, taking out... I'm, like, a stra- I'm like strapped, and I, like, take out my gun, and I'm, like, like yeah. yo, you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> like my buddy wants your number. Like, fuck yeah. off. And the other one was... It was so fucking wild. So, in Vancouver, there are a lot of, like... it not, not main streets, but just off those main streets, and there's always those little roundabouts instead of a four-way stop. Yeah. And I'm... I come to this roundabout, and I stop... And a car has, is coming from my left and stops in front of me in in the roundabout I, like so that I could T-bone his car moving in. Yeah. And he rolls down his window. Are you, and driving, he's, are you driving? I'm driving. He's driving. Oh, like he stops oh, I in the walking. middle. Like, no, no, no. Driving. Like I'm in a car and he's in a car and he stops in the middle of a roundabout to like try and like wheel, wheel down his motherfucking window oh, to try and get him driving. <laughs> like... Look at what year are we in? 
<laughs> but I'm like, why the fuck would you stop in the middle of a road? Like, I'm in a car, like, just trying to get somewhere. So I'm, like, aggressively waving him on. And I just think it's, like... I also feel like you have very flaily limbs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, like, talking with such, like... <laughs> I feel like you that Kermit meme where his hands are, just, like, flailing. <laughs> That's why you... <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he's like, is she having a hard time? What is wrong? Yeah, but they was just so creepy to literally stop me in traffic. Yeah. Wildly inappropriate. Um, I, yeah, I never get head on. <laughs> Didn't you have like some eighteen year old ask if you like to party? <laughs> yeah, you like to party. Um, but you know what's funny is he's too young to even know what that like phrase would have been from. Yeah, I could have like joked about it. Like he literally was asking me that. And he didn't know it was from like. Uh, super bad. Not super bad. Um, hot Rod. It's from Hot Rod. The safe word is whiskey. Whiskey? Why are you saying it weird? Saying what weird? <laughs> uh, whiskey. Uh, hot Rod is hilarious. Um, anyways, that's like a scene. It's like, you like to, uh, my name's gone. I like to party. No, I like to party. And they're like, never mind. Okay, so I've not seen the movie. But anyways, <laughs> that's like what that from. It's like, you like to party. I like to party. Anyway. So, yeah, so I was on my corner of my street, and I never leave my house, and I never venture into the, the <laughs> streets. <laughs> yeah. The danger zone. And I was waiting for my Uber, and I got big-ass eyes, right? So, like, like, I have great peripheral vision. And I can see out the corner of my eyes these, like, two younger guys, probably, like, I don't know, 18 to 22. So, like, about two decades younger than I go for. And, um... They're like, uh, they're like staring at me out the corner of my eye. I can see them, and then they finally decide to like make a sound. They're like, "Hey, I'm like, for fuck's sake, is we doing this?" And I was like, "Hello, <laughs> young sir. <laughs> um, Good day, sir. <laughs> well, how are you on this fine sunny day? <laughs> the brisk, cool wind." <laughs> they're like, "Never mind." <laughs> Grandma, um, but yeah. So they're like, "Hi," and I was like, "Hello." They're like, "How are you?" I was like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> like, you're too far away. Because they're, like, a good, like, 20 feet from me. <laughs> I just, like, picture you doing the whole, like, hand behind I did. You. I was oh, like, what? Go on. <laughs> Speak up, dearie. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to call the police. Um, but, yeah, so they, um, <laughs> he was, like, trying to talk to me, one of them. I was like, I can't hear you. Sorry. So he's like, can I come over there? And I was like. Where? To, like, the public street corner? Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, and then so Polite in these COVID times. Yes, are. <laughs> but, like, you know me, I'm kind of, like, cunty, so I was like, you may approach. <laughs> so he, like, walked up, and as he was walking, he, like, tripped, and I <laughs> <laughs> dropped his keys. I was telling my client about this yesterday, he was, like, dying. He's like, well, you are intimidating. Anyways, he, like, tripped over himself, dropped his keys, like, fumbled it, picked it up, and, like, looked at me embarrassed, and I, like, nodded, like, continue, like, <laughs> keep coming. Yeah. So then he was like, um, hey. I'm like, hello, young sir. <laughs> and he's like, um... Do you like do you like to party? <laughs> I literally just burst out laughing because like of all the people you could have asked that to, I am the one person in this world that's like pretty much sober. So I'm like, I actually hate partying. What else? <laughs> and then he was like, oh okay. And then he like turned on his heel and like ran back to like the corner of the street and like scurried off. And then they left for a second. And then like a beat goes by, and his buddy comes back around the corner. And approaches me and he's like, um, sorry about my friend. Like he he wanted to have your number. 
And I was like, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Then they ran away. I was like, oh, oh my bless God. your little bless heart. Bless your little heart. Confidence. Um, but, like, the weirdest ways I've gotten hit on? Um, well, actually, like, a couple weeks back, I was driving Penny to a gig um, on the freeway. And these guys, like, cut me off as I was trying to merge and, like, honked at me. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And I, like, see them at the corner of my eye. And they're, like, trying to, like, gesture for to roll my window down. So I'm just, like, stare at them. Like, no, sir. Unless you were literally throwing, like, a backpack of money into my car. <laughs> like, I'm not rolling down my window for you to, like, hoot and holler about my tits. And they literally, no joke, for, like, ten minutes, every time I tried to get in a new lane, they'd, like, cut me off and, like, keep me beside them and, like, box me in and, like, kept hollering at us. And me and Penny were, like, so uncomfortable. Ugh. Like, it was just like, what do you want? What, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think we're going to make eye contact? I'm going to gesture for you to pull over, and I'm going to, like, suck your fucking cock on the side of the freeway? Like, what are you thinking? Like, play this out in your head, sir. Yeah. Like, anyways, goofy. Oh, my God. I just, like, thinking of all the things that you could have done in that situation. Ran them off the road. <laughs> <laughs> that being number one, but also just, like, go to pull over, and then wait until they get out of the car, and then just, like... <laughs> It's like burn rubber in their face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or like, I don't know, I really would. If I if I didn't think men are so dangerous, which they are, as we know, they're like the leading leading death of women is men. Um I would a hundred percent like set people up like that to be like, oh, like pull your car over. Like meet like um meet me in the woods and like get naked and like I'll meet I'll be there in two seconds. And then like Skidding, scurry, and steal their clothes, like, run up to the car, and they be like, serves you right, bring a fucking jackass, like, um, but yeah. Just, like, being followed in a car is the creepiest. Followed at all. Yeah, yeah. I hate when I know someone, like, that's one of the things, like, you've been out with me, like, I never really have my back to, like, I always have my back to a wall, and I still trust people, and I'm super, like, sketchable, like that, but, yeah, anytime, like, I'm walking alone, and I see, like, a man walking, I'm like, fuck. Like, it's just an automatic thought as a woman in this world, unfortunately, especially with all these insane things going on right now in Vancouver with um, and, and in Burnaby area with this guy in the silver sedan or silver whatever yeah. um, trying to like get women into this car so fucked up yeah exactly and like ugh. but you know what we should take into consideration it's a really it's hard time to be so a man hard to be a man <laughs> so hard because that woman you like grabbed could like accuse you of sexually assaulting her but you didn't know you didn't know she didn't want it you didn't know that no meant no fuckers (laughs) (laughs) I hate all of you minus my few clients that I adore (laughs) keep paying me (laughs) not you (laughs) schnookums you're not like other men (laughs) you're special hashtag not only me (laughs) (laughs) enough men (laughs) Oh, baby. Uh, anyways, um, getting on. Um, yeah, those are probably the creepiest ones that have come up for me with guys hitting on me. Um, yeah, pretty much. Honestly, I think it's such a so common, commonplace now that you just like forget about it. As fucked up as that sounds. Yeah. Um, next. Okay, so the next thing I was thinking about was. Regarding, like, because I know me and you are very different on this. With, like, ex- <laughs> many, yeah, many I've just things. written the notes. <laughs> um, how do you think, because ex- I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this. How do you think expenses and purchases should be dealt with within a relationship with, with between couples? Between a couple. Like, you know how I view it. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah. how the normal people view it, though? Let me answer. <laughs> 
Go on. <laughs> um, I think it kind of depends on the relationship and the dynamic and people's setup, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when I was living in Germany and, like, broke. Profound cop out. <laughs> it depends on the situation. <laughs> Go on. You want me to finish or not? Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear a broke people thing. A hundred percent, though. But, like, I was <laughs> so working. True, though. <laughs> I was working as an op here. So, like. She said au pair. That's what she said there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Live in nanny in Germany. There we go. Um, but you don't make much money. Like, it's a year of experience, right? Do you not think when you hear au pair that it's just, like, some kind of, like, a little bit, like, of a skankier, like, 18-year-old girl who, like, wears really short skirts and she, like, is fucking the dad? That's how I said That's how I've I got into sex work. I saw, I, <laughs> I from that porno. <laughs> au pair does Germany end dad. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> Check out my own. How do, say, how do you say daddy in German? Vata. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Nothing about German is sexy. But anyways, go on. I was dating a German guy, and I asked him to speak dirty to me in <laughs> and regretted it. You're like, you're spitting on me. <laughs> Gross. No, thank you. I'm so sorry if you have any German <laughs> listeners <not>. out there. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> the only German I know is, um, what well, fuck me, I don't even know it. It's, uh, not Dankeschön. Dankeschön? Something like that. Like, thank you? Yeah, and like, bless you. What's bless you? Gesundheit? Gesundheit. So I remember, like, everyone in my fucking Mennonite school would say that shit. I'll see you soon. 100%. And they're like, we're German. I'm like, do anything else? They're like, Gesundheit. Nine. Screaming. Yeah, they scurry away. Throw their Bible at me. Yeah. Okay, back to our story. So anyway, like, I wasn't making much money. The broke bitch I was... And he was working for Microsoft and, like, very well off. And, uh... What's well off? I mean, like, he was... Like, does he have, like, mills in the bank? No, but, like, he was doing fine, you know? Like, he... Okay, well... He was comfortable. He was doing aight. He was doing... He was doing aight. For, like, especially anyone who I had ever dated as, like, a fucking 21-year-old. Or... You're like, you have a hundred (laughs) dollars! It's 99 more dollars than me! (laughs) You are way rich. <laughs> Good night. Thank <laughs> you. We're so multi-sexual here. Um, but like, you are so very close to the mic, and you should cut down that high-pitched sound. <laughs> 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 I'm like losing listeners. <laughs> I'm losing listeners rapidly. Thank you. Go on. <laughs> Um, but you know, when you have an imbalance where someone's... Hey, I forgot what the conversation was about. Go on. When you're having like an imbalance where, you know, especially the woman is not making as much as the guy, then like, I think that the guy should pay. Yeah. But, um, I mean, now being in a position where I make probably just as much as my man, if not more, I don't know. I have no idea how much he makes. Bad boy. 
<laughs> no, but like, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a financial position to be able to hold my own weight. I would still say that he pays for more, but I like to be able to pay for stuff as well. Yeah. And you guys split your purchases, right? Like your van you split. Yeah. We, well. The van we played half, half each. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. He mm-hmm. pays for a lot of dates and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I also, like, I mean, he isn't, like, a crazy wealthy person. Like, I think a lot of Van- Vancouver men aren't. So, like, to have, like, to expect them to pay for everything is, I just, like, I just don't agree with that. But, I mean, it de- I guess it depends, like, the sort of person you date. Like, if you're going to date someone who is, like, really rich, then, like, that expectation might change, right? Yeah. Because now it's costing you, especially if you're, like, a student or you're in any job that doesn't, you know, give you the same sort of comfort and security than, like, having to uh, pay half for dates or every second date when you're wanting to go to, like, really fancy places is just, like, not fair on the other person. Like, they shouldn't have to take on a financial burden to be with you. Yeah. I definitely think it's the type of person you date. Like, for the most part, I've dated... um, men that were capable and wanted to very mm-hmm. much be the provider and like they would either like you know my my one ex would give me like an allowance per month so I didn't work um or like if I am working they still are like paying for all the meals buying me gifts like things like that and then I would buy them gifts obviously here and there because I just like doing that for people but yeah um I was in a relationship back when I was like 21 in a relationship this past year where, you know, I paid for everything. I paid for, like, you know, he came and lived with me. He didn't offer, like, he wasn't able to help with rent. He, like, barely ever worked, paid for food, like, everything. And I have no interest in ever going back to that. And, like, just the way I am, like, it does turn me off to split things. Like, I am old school in the sense where, like, I do like that, like, that courting of the man to, like, buy me gifts and, like, spoil me. And, like, Mm -hmm. I like that. And in turn, I put your penis in my mouth. <laughs> so I deserve it. Um, For sure. And I, I guess, like, if you're looking to date someone who that type of lifestyle is not going to put a financial burden on them, then that's fine. But, like, I think for the average person nowadays, if, you're, if you want all these kind of lavish things or even to have someone pay for pretty much everything of you like you need to be dating people who can do that and not expecting someone who is just like anyone else in Vancouver you know trying their best to survive in this expensive city and then like add to their financial burden just because you don't want to split things mm-hmm. yeah um, that's why I just don't date broke fuckers anymore <laughs> bitch I tried I left a wealthy guy and I dated a broke loser and it was so regrettable and I'm not dating any broke fucking losers again <laughs> Ever in my life, you have my fucking word. Yeah, it's and not happening. I don't know. I also think it comes down to quality of life too, right? Like, because yeah, you can 100%. date, yeah, you can date a not broke person. Yeah, but if you're wanting to go out to like fucking, I don't know, Tiffany's and. I don't know, other rich places. <laughs> no, but like, you know, like Louis, if you're wanting Louis Vuittons and like shit like that, then like don't be dating someone who has like a very like a, f- a fine job, but like yeah. not by any means a CEO. Yeah. And I think like those people find each other too, right? Like this guy, this new client the person I'm hanging out with, whatever the fuck we're going to do. Um, you know, like I gave him a list of like, I want, like, this is the order I like 
designer and I like Chanel, Hermes, Louis, like, or like Louis and Hermes, like, alternatively, like, but Chanel's first, blah, blah, blah. And I like Louboutins, but like only certain styles of Louboutins. This is my size. Like, I just like kind of like laid it out for him. This is the Cartier ring I want. Um, and he was like, I love that like you are higher end. Like, I like that about you. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like that I can like provide that for you. And like, you know what I mean? Like, those, like, those kind of things attract each other. Um, for sure. Like, yeah. I just, and I mean, you, I've talked about like some of my personal life on here as well, but like, I wanted someone who, wanted to buy a van with me you know yeah. not someone who uh, yeah but actually it's so like but it's just a different like lifestyle and a different interests like I don't get off on designer like yeah. that's that I just owning designer stuff just does not appeal to me at all yeah like I just don't understand why like I would pay like a couple grand for a bag yeah. Like, I don't give a shit about that. I don't pay for a couple grand either. Yeah. <laughs> Bitches be paying for me. But even um, that, like, I... No, no I would hardly use it, you know? Yeah. It's just not my style outside of sex work. Yeah. No, 100%. I I've, I never buy, like, designer stuff for myself. Um, but I do, like... And I explained to... And we were talking about, too, and I was like, it's not so much even... Like, it's because one of my language of love is very much receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I express my language of love is physical touch. So, like, if someone gets me a gift, I'm, like, all I want to do is kiss them and hug them and touch them and, like, express it that way. And I feel very, like, validated and, like, loved when people spend their money on me because, like, I know how hard it is to make money. So, like, mm-hmm. I know if someone's, you know, spending their hard-earned money on me, like, that's a sacrifice. And I don't know. I just, like, yeah, I relate it to, like, yeah, being cared about. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just I just have been on the other side where like I'm constantly providing for someone else and also you know, people are not appreciative and just like you just feel like kinda like I know like gender roles and stuff is like very like fluid nowadays and that's that's a great thing. But I can't help but feel very much more like the man in the relationship when I'm taking care of someone else. I'm paying all the bills. I'm putting gas in his fucking car. It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I don't think that I would want to be in a relationship where I have to provide for someone else. Yeah, like and they're even, only feeding if you're paying for it. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't even love the whole, like, splitting a bill. Like, I don't have any interest in splitting a bill. It's but I, so, it, I feel like it makes it become so, like transactional or like penny counting I guess like, yeah I exactly yeah. so I'm definitely more of a partner who um goes like once about like once about right like so between me and my partner he'll pay for something and then I'll pay for something and like typically he pays more often than I do because yeah. he's just like that but um and you guys yeah. don't live together but if you were to live together do you think you'd split rent or do you think because he doesn't you guys both neither of you own homes so you're no, we don't. renting yeah um yeah, I think we would split the rent. You think about a one-room place in Vancouver, it's, like, upwards of two grand. Yeah. <laughs> You're preaching the choir on expensive housing, but, yeah. Exactly, but, like, nice so, like, expecting a partner to pay for that when you're going to date someone who's, like, has a normal kind of job. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think that that's fair if you get to live there as well. Like, then what are you doing for the relationship? Uh, yeah, I know. I agree. It was crazy to me that my ex was living in my sub penthouse and not yeah. paying anything and feeling okay about that. Yeah. Um, that's, like, you're just, you're, like, if he actually had fucking work, you're, like, you know, you're, like, saving so much money and living in a nice house. No, 100%. <laughs> like, that's crazy to me. I don't know if I'd be able to do that to someone unless they'd already vocalized to me, like, 
or if they own the place. Like, obviously, like, if it's their mortgage and they're pretty much, like, owning it and, you know, they're benefiting from paying those bills, like, long term, I think I'd be, like, a little less inclined to, like, help. But um, even then, like, they can still give you, like, you could still just put in, like, whatever, a couple hundred bucks a month. Oh, yeah. Or, right? like, like, cover at least whatever increase comes with you, right? Like, yeah. So, like, yeah, utilities or something. But I also... Personally, if I owned a home and I had a mortgage that I was paying off, I wouldn't really expect someone to help me pay my mortgage necessarily. But you could help with, like, groceries and other things. Yeah. Like, you know, in that way. That's kind of the way I view it. But a lot of people split the mortgage and stuff, too. Yeah. I just think, like, if you're paying for the mortgage when you walk away, one of you has really benefited from that, right? I guess so. But then if you, like, for example, you're paying, what, $1,000 a month to rent your own place and you move in with your partner and you're paying, like significant like 500 bucks a month rent like it's still benefiting you bitch where are you living for a thousand dollars a month i'm just like uh, whatever like a shit housing i'm just saying like yeah. if you take a pay cut on your rent yeah then that's still benefiting you yeah yeah, yeah. and like yeah that person has gets to walk away with a house at the end of it but they also put in but you also all the work to put in yeah like yeah, yeah. to the mortgage no, that's so true. And, and you are still benefiting from the pay cut as well, or the price exactly. price decrease as well. But, like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, if they expected you to, like, pay all of the mortgage or pay more than what you were originally paying, yeah. that's fucked. Yeah, they're like, like, yeah, yeah. They're like this will work out perfectly. Uh, 100%, yeah. Um, I could literally name people and be like that. But, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just old school in the sense. And I think it's just the people I've been around, too, my, most of my life. Like, all my girlfriends, their men pay for everything. Like, aside from, like, our group of friends, really, like... My the friends I grew up with, um, you know, all their men pay for like everything, bought them their cars, all that shit, right? So I think yeah, it's just like you're a product of your environment too. Like I yeah. remember when I told my girlfriends like my man was like living like my ex guy was like living at my house. They're like, He's living at your place? Like is he paying like for it? And I'm like, No, they're like, Ew, this broke out I was like, I mean the fair they're right. As we did as we figured out, but yeah. Um but yeah, um, it's kind of on the same on the same train of thought about like money and differentiation between people and differences between people. Um, what's something that I've noticed as a trend in like more recent years is how many strippers come from wealthy families. Like back when I first started, that I just don't think that happened as much. Like it was much more women trying to get out of their tax bracket that their family was in and move up. Um, vertically um, into, like, a better tax bracket. And mm-hmm. it was a great way for them to do that. Um, but now I feel like it's a lot of girls who are doing it, who come from a lot of, like, a lot of wealth. Um, so what do you, what do you, what's your take on that? Like, why do you, why do you think that is? Um, I mean, the dancers that I personally know, the sex workers that I personally know, aren't typically from like richer homes and I think it also depends like just because your parents are rich doesn't mean that you're benefiting from it right Mm. so like my dad is reasonably well off but like I'm gonna be your stepmom soon (laughs) oh my god but like you know and I know that he would always help me out if I asked it but like I'm not benefiting from that money Mm -hmm. could be one of the reasons that it just like it's completely coincidental um number two is that um they've gotten used to a uh, lavish lifestyle. Maybe their parents aren't buying everything that they want and now they're trying to keep up that lifestyle um, when they move out on their own. And, you know, sex work is, as you said, a really good way to, like, 
keep up a higher like exactly and then the other reason um could be they they just got used to um not having to uh put in a lot of time and like for work I guess and like I mean if you can make so much more money as a sex worker working two days than anything else working five days like they're used to like fast cash exactly and I'm like I mean we've talked about like how sex work is still really tiresome and still a lot of work it's not easy money it's fast money exactly but like you know, in a, looking at a week, you're like, well, if I can work two days and have yeah. the rest off to like enjoy the lifestyle that, that my parents, and daddy has, a hundred percent, then like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a combination of things. I think one, the way people view sex work is dramatically different now, where it's not like ooh, like low end whores who have no other options. Um, it's more now they try to put the spin on it of being like, you know, sexual liberating and, and sexual explorative and, and expressing your sexuality. So I think that entices people from a lot of different um, tax brackets and areas of life. And then I also think it could be kind of what I was saying about with Bella Thorne. The reason she is so comfortable, like, I'm a sex worker is because she can get all the benefits of being a sex worker, but not the negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone I could see coming from a very, very privileged place, like with a wealthy family, they know, like, this is a fun little jaunt for them to be a sex worker, and then they pop out of it and go back into, like, their parents, like, trust fund and work under their parents, and they're set for life, and they don't have to, you know, think about what they're going to put on their resume or anything like that. Um, and then I also think, too, that, um, and this I've seen in girls who are sugar babies, is they came from wealthy family, and they want a wealthy husband to carry on the legacy of women with wealthy husbands so mm-hmm. they go into sex work seeking out their a husband that their parents um would be proud of and uh it's, i'll tell you a story later about a girl um i know who that literally is what just happened you know she's dating a very wealthy guy and uh and yeah her parents were like great cool he has money perfect and he's like pretty bad to her but they don't care because he has money and mm-hmm. you know, that's all they want their family to be known for is having money um so i think in certain areas of sex work with um, like escorting and, and sugar babying, you'll see maybe that more. Yeah, I mean, if if I guess putting myself in that position, if you could date a rich guy and get all the stuff that you wanted, then to cut it down to just like going on a diet date with a guy and getting something that you wanted, and then having all the other free time where you don't have to like tend to his needs. Yeah, like. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we had quite a few comments and questions come in um, over this last week. Um, so the first one is regarding our last episode. It goes, I think what the panty mistress said about girls wanting to get into the industry, even though they view clients as lesser than or creepy, is of value. From my experience many years ago, when a girl in the house began to change, it was time for her to go her own way because clients can sense that, that type of disposition and they never want to feel insignificant. Also, I agree with you that the assumption of man is dangerous because you perceive their kinks to be on the pervy side is most often wrong. In my experience, be more cautious of clients who exhibit anger or insult tendencies than guys who like sniffing panties or into feet. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. If you're going to have a client, no matter if, they're, if they have no kinks at all, like they just want to hang out and have dinner, or they you know, like to sniff panties, or um, they like to be you know a dom or a sub those aren't warning signs what a warning signs is the way 
that they react when you tell them that they can't do something or something is of your boundary or, you know, anything like that. If they get angry or short or bitter or, you know, hit a table, anything like that, like that's, that's the man you have to be afraid of, not the one who just like wants to smell your panties. Exactly. Wants to smell your panties. Wants to lick your toes. Like, yeah. And I mean, not always, but I find that most, um, or at least, you know, a, a, a large amount of people who like panty sniffing or, uh, especially like some sort of foot, uh, fetish are typically more on the sub side. Mm-hmm. And like, this is obviously not a hard and fast rule, but then, you know, those are usually, especially when, you know, you meet up with them as a client, they're in sort of a sub space and yeah. less aggressive and like less more timid. Yeah, exactly. More exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can, I, I agree completely. Yeah. I completely agree as well. Um, the next one. Hi, I'm listening to episode 47, which is the one that we had just with Tiffany on. You can change your IP address by purchasing a virtual private network for $50 a year. You can set it to a random IP address in almost any country. It also gives you access to that country's Netflix section. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, I might have to do that. Might have to look into that. Might have to look into that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard of things like that before. People doing it for Netflix, but especially for like safety online, that's a really great tip. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a listener write in. Hey, girl, what's the fastest slash easiest way to get into the sex industry? I feel like this is not an easy question to answer and I have so many follow-up questions so and that's exactly what I did with her I said you know what are you referring to like what part of the sex industry um I don't think there's any and what do you mean by easy yeah um it might be easy to like become a prostitute you just go stand on a corner and say I'm selling my vagina um is it gonna be fast who knows is it gonna be easy to proceed probably Mm -hmm. not like and then are you referring to, like, easy as you don't feel like you have the fundamental set of skills? Like, you yeah. don't feel feel like you don't have, you know, you're not a very good dancer, maybe? Yeah. Or you don't have that much sexual experience? Yeah. Or is it the amount of effort you have to put in? Because it, yeah. I don't think that's ever a good way to look at sex work as, like, it's effortless. Yeah. Because it's certainly not. Um, and then just what area of sex work? Are you wanting in-person sex work? Like, yeah. are you wanting contact sex work? Like, what are you looking for? What's, so, yeah, what's available in your hometown? Do you guys have strip clubs? Yeah. Do you have uh, massage parlors? Um, are you now going to be restricted to only online sex work? Because that's yeah. a whole nother range of stuff. You want to be anonymous. Stuff. Are you going to be open? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I said to her was, you know, just do some research. I listed a bunch of different types of sex work. I said, do some research into these different areas and what you think you'd be most comfortable in and then come back to me and say, um, in this area of sex work, how would I be able to get into it? And I can definitely give you tips on that, mm-hmm. but it's when you guys are writing in questions, like super vague ones are hard to answer, especially in our industry because um, it's already so like um, individual for everything. And then to be like, how do I get into sex work? It's like, what? What avenue? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like saying, how do I get, how do I become a trades worker? Yeah. Like, Girl, you good with wood or pipes? Like, tell yeah. me. <laughs> what are we working with here? Um, so, yeah. Next question. Hi, Danny. Since your experience in sugaring, I thought you'd be the right person to ask for advice. My sugar daddy is constantly crossing boundaries that he is well aware of. I don't know how to say anything to him about it because I feel like since he's paying me, I shouldn't complain. But lately, I've been feeling so violated. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Okay, so this is exactly what we were saying about 
the men that you have to look out for in sex work. 100%. So if he is, if he knows your boundary, you've like reaffirmed your boundaries and he is still pushing him, like that is a form of aggression or uh, incel tendencies, anything like this. Uh, It can turn bad very quickly, especially if you're not saying anything. Then he starts to condition himself to think that this is now a boundary that he can push Um, which is just going to put you in a really um, unsafe and, as you said, violated um, uh, position. And I think that, you know, I I understand what you mean and I've definitely experienced it at the club where because a man has given you money, it means that they can do whatever they want for you. You are now their property and that is just not the case. And, you know, he... Men will always try and push boundaries. That's just men, I find, especially in sex work. And you have to be strong and, like, tell tell them that that's not okay because they're just going to continue doing it. Um, the other thing is, if he's pushing your boundaries into a place that you feel very unsafe, then I think you need to start weighing up um, being able to walk away from that uh, arrangement. If, if you can't, like, reiterate your boundaries to break it off because he's not someone that you're going to want to be around um long term yeah yeah i'm just going to comment on one thing so there um that's how guys are um you know uh, i think that's how we let guys be in this society Mm -hmm. i know that's what you you meant i know i know you but uh just to reiterate that you know that's not to justify their behavior it's 100 percent because society says they can do and whatever the fuck they please yeah um but yeah so i've said this in extent um, on this podcast, and I think you know what I'm going to say is, you know, it's always coming from a place of privilege, but don't get into sex work when you really need the money because that is when you'll find yourself pushing your boundaries because you need the dollars. And it's kind of what she says here, you know, I feel like I should let it go because he's paying me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope that you guys have tried to save as much as you can so you're not in positions where you are at the mercy of someone else because you need the money they're giving you and you don't feel comfortable asserting your boundaries because you're scared of losing that money. Um, I, I highly, highly suggest you not be in those positions um, because it can get dangerous and, and you have to go home and deal with what you've done and that's a shitty place to be when you're like, I really didn't want to do that but I just need the money. Um, For sure. And and talking on that as well, is if, if it's coming from a place where you just feel, oh, the money he's giving me is such... Like, if you're working from a place of privilege and you think, well, the money that he's giving me is such a privilege, like, you would never... I'm going to go back to the server um, metaphor. You would never go to a restaurant and if you're serving someone, allow them to, like, hit you or, like, spank you or, you know, be inappropriate because they're paying. Like, they, they pay for the meal, the drink, whatever, you to be a, a, a lovely server. Like but, like, that's it. Those are the boundaries. And you, why would you allow someone to do that in that position and not another? Right, exactly. Like, you still have autonomy and um, and boundaries that shouldn't be crossed. And especially if you've expressed it to this client, like, I, I would throw the whole client out personally. Throw um, the whole thing in the trash. Yeah, throw the whole fucker out because it's just the money's not worth it. I would give someone one chance and I would say, and I would say, you know, um, 
you know that's not okay or we've talked about this and if he tries it again I would cut it off and I wouldn't give him his money back I would and especially with a client like this I'd make damn sure he's paying ahead of time and if he's fucking up like that one more time I'm out and I'm keeping the money he had and if he tried to reach me I'd say I say exactly what you said you know you knew these were my boundaries you want to keep crossing them um if you can't respect that like this needs to be done yeah I would definitely give him a warning or at least um speak up about it but um, with, sorry I just want to interrupt you it depends yeah. how severe he's crossing your boundaries if he is, like, sexually assaulting you or, like, assaulting you in any way, um, I don't even think that warning warning is necessary. Not necessarily um, warning, for sure. But, like, I think that you need to, like, if you're going to cut him off, be like, you push my boundaries, that's not okay. Yeah. We're done. Because, like, you know, if not to give a warning to continue your arrangement, at least tell him that that wasn't okay for the next yeah. sugar baby that he picks up. Yeah. And I also think, too, if we haven't, like, watched enough horror movies, like, or, like, like you know fight scenes or whatever you don't piss the person off when you're alone with them so oh. I would highly suggest to, so say I'm with a client and he does something that is crossing my boundaries one I'm gonna if I know clients like this I'm gonna make sure 100% he's paid already then he goes across my boundaries I maybe if it's not too severe I say hey Joe we talked about this like adore what we're doing here but this is this crossed my boundary mm-hmm. how, see how he responds to that if he takes it well okay see how it goes if it does, if it happens again, I would remove myself from that situation in a very, like, peaceful way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really let on that I was going to be terminating this. And then when I was, like, safely away from him, then I would throw out a message and say, you know, um, the way you behaved today was unacceptable and you know that's unacceptable, so this won't be continuing. Um, yeah. Wish you all the best. Um, but I would not say that to their face in a solo situation and if you're gonna cut it off don't then uh, like if you're gonna cut it off he's he's really past your boundaries and you think he's gonna get hostile i wouldn't then give him a chance to make it up like that's it block his number yeah um you know no amount of money is worth yeah your safety if you have a picture of him great like then you know other sugar babies then like you then you want other people about him you know like try and want other people about him so that other people don't fall prey to that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly 100 percent um but that's a very good question because i know even for myself there's been times where not severe situations the things that made me a little uncomfortable i'm like oh well they paid so should i just like take it like nah (laughs) i shouldn't um and then when you do you're the one that has to go home at night and be like fuck like it just sits with you right so good question though uh, next question. I got a question. <laughs> How do I develop my tood translation attitude? You're you're awesome at owning yourself. Do you ever feel unsure about how, or how do you handle that? What did you do that got you to where you are now? Thanks. P.S. I was talking with a friend, telling her about fifty plus a tip as well. Always plugging you, and that you are so unabashed, self-expressed in all of your areas of life, even in the face of extreme judgment. It's so fucking inspiring. Um, so I just asked for a little more clarity from this listener and I said, do you mean, how did I come into my own and develop my own voice and my self-confidence? And they said, yeah, that's what, that's what I was referring to. So, um, honestly, in all seriousness, um, me and my close girlfriends were legit speaking about this last, like last couple days ago. And, uh, what she does, because what I've, we, I mean, we've known each other for several years and for her, like she was always a little more meek and when I was spent with time with her recently, it's like she had like really developed something in her. And she said, you know, I'm actually doing positive affirmations in the mirror. And when I first started doing them, I felt really stupid standing in front of the mirror and being like, you're beautiful. You deserve respect. Uh, shitty men don't deserve your time. 
you deserve the career you want, you're more than capable, like, you know, these, these affirmations you need to hear. And, you know, we, we've learned through psychology that speaking to people can positively or negatively impact them. So you'd be foolish to not think that positively or negatively speaking to yourself impacts you. So, so yeah, so she's been saying, um, that she does it, you know, every morning and she starts swearing by it, that she's noticed a difference in the way she's viewing herself and the way she's feeling because, you know, words do have power and how we speak to ourselves matters and how we speak about ourselves matters. Um, so I recommend giving that a try, you know, just look in the mirror, tell yourself how much you love yourself, you're amazing, etc. whatever you need to hear. And then, um, the more you say it, like the more you start believing in it. Um, so that's, I've never done that myself, but I've heard that, um, get a lot of praise before. Uh, for myself, I've just always been very unapologetically myself. And I know um, anyone who went to school with me in grade school and stuff can attest to that as well. Um, because I grew up kind of an outsider in the sense where I went to, I was grew up in a really religious community, not religious. Um, I always had larger chests. So, like, people hated on me a lot for that. Like, they, I remember when I was on the playground, like, I don't know what grade school it was, what year it was, but this girl ran up and said, you know, I can't play with you because you, you and your family are going to burn in hell. You know, I was very used to opposition, and all through high school, people called me a slut, and people called me a whore, and said I lost my virginity. I was a virgin until 19. Like, I was a straight-up virgin, hadn't even kissed someone in high school. Um, so I was very, very used to people making up these bullshit rumors about me and hating on me for whatever fucking need they had. Um, so uh, you just develop thick skin and you're like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, I go to bed at night knowing I'm fucking dope. And if people don't like it, like it's really their fucking loss. And I think you just gotta remind yourself that like, if you can go to bed at night, liking who you are and what you bring to the table and liking your heart, then you just start to like believe that you're like just like my friend who talks in the mirror and like tells herself that like even if it's maybe not verbally affirmation just lying in bed and I'd be like yeah I like this like I'm, I'm doing okay I'm, I'm good um you just like you start to realize it right so and then I just kind of was yeah you just kind of develop the attitude of if people want to walk out of my life like I'll hold the door for them because like I know what I have to offer there's that famous saying where it says you know I know what I bring to the table so I'm not afraid to eat alone and I know maybe that sounds cocky to some people, but I think it's just like self-awareness. And if you know that you are solid, um, you're not, the people that walk away, you're not missing out and they're missing out and it's, that's fine. I think, yeah. And I think people with that sort of self-awareness as well, it's not like they think that, you know, they're the most amazing people, but they are aware enough to understand that they're, they're flaws and work on them. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes you an amazing person. I, I mean, for me, it was more of a slow burn as well. Like I'm looking, even a couple years ago, I just like did not have the same self confidence I I do now. I even noticed even last year for you. For how much sure, you've changed. Yeah. It's been a huge like a huge growth for me, and sex work has been a huge part of that. Um, and you know, I was talking to a photographer I was working with um, the other day, and uh, I started in like a, a clothing set, and then I got down to sort of a. Uh, a bra yeah a bra and um topless and hey this is the second time I've gotten this feedback is that I'm so much more confident without my clothes on and I think it's because I've conditioned myself through sex work when you're walking around at the club and you're having a really good night and you you know go to the bathroom and you do all these positive affirmations but um 
to yourself. Like you don't yeah. say them out yeah. loud, but yeah, not you know, you're yeah. washing your hands and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm like killing it tonight. Like this outfit yeah. looks great on me. Like yeah. you're doing all the things that you don't do in your average day to day life because it feels silly, but you do that as a sex worker to hype yourself up for the next client. Mm-hmm. And so when I get into something I would wear as a sex worker, I move obviously into my more Riley persona, hot tub, it's not my real name, <laughs> but you know, like it's, it's like doing a power stance. If you're ever nervous, you're supposed to stand like Superman. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like doing that. You get yourself into this persona where you've built this confidence and then slowly as you get that confidence in your sex worker life, it, it kind of dr- like drizzles down into your normal life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a butterfly effect for sure. Um, no, I completely agree. Uh, sex work definitely does help boost that confidence as well. Um, if you don't have thick skin before you get into it, you definitely develop a toot and, and thick skin afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And next question, Danny, personal question regarding body mods. How have you found the entire process of healing from breast augmentations? So for me, I know, unfortunately, Riley, you can't really speak on this, but unfortunately, unfortunately those tiny little titties, <laughs> little mosquito They're bites. okay, all right, for um, my size. But you know what's funny is, like, this last year, I've been, like, like oh, I wish I could, like, take my tits off and put them on sometimes. Like, there's certain outfits, like, that just do not look good with my size breasts, but um, that's okay. <laughs> can't get the money back now. Um, you should yeah. just have, like, they should have pump-up ones that you just, like, they, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can just do, deflate yeah. them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pump them up again. They do pump up the saline ones, but no, just like at but like day to day though, like you could do it at night. Not day to day thing, um, but yeah, no. So uh, both my breast augmentations, I've never, I never took a single pain medication. Um, I just <laughs> such a tough girl. I'm such a bad boy. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I I do have a high pain tolerance. I acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, I also just don't really care to take more meds when I need to. So didn't take a single pain medication. Um, you know, the only notice I, the only thing I remember noticing when I came out of surgery was the pressure on your chest, uh, because the first one I was wrapped really tightly in a bandage to keep swelling down. So it was hard to breathe that on. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really it. You're just drowsy, you know, after obviously, cause you came off of, um, anesthesia, anesthesia, but, uh, and your throat hurts from like the tube and stuff, but um, yeah, just don't use your arms or your pec muscles for the appropriate amount of time and whatever your doctor tells you to. I always wait as long as possible because, you know, I just want my healing process to be as, as perfect as possible. Um, definitely recommend you having someone help you for the first week or two, um, especially if you have children or anything that needs to be a small dog that needs to get picked up. Um, even for the first, like, few days, um, you'll want someone to help you, like, open doors, um, shower, like my last, both times I've had, I've had someone come and help me like shower and wash my hair and stuff because, um, especially if you're going under the muscle, you should be trying to keep your elbows to your sides and not pulling them up at all. So obviously it's hard to wash your hair with your elbows not coming up from your sides. Um, but yeah, after that, honestly, about two months, I try not to push, pull or carry anything if I can avoid it. Um, and sometimes even go longer than two months. If I can get away with, you know, not working out or doing anything for like three, four months five months um that's awesome like even now I still like I avoid push-ups I avoid pectoral workouts um because you're doing so many of those before you know because I'm like when I'm going hard at the gym every day (laughs) (laughs) 
Are we still going to uh, lunch after this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really want some garlic mash and uh, <laughs> lard. <laughs> and Susie Woozy, I have gained some quarantine weight. Three people have reminded me about it. Thank you. Wow, rude of them. <laughs> no, it's people like you who I'm like, do I look like gain weight? And you're like, kind of. <laughs> people don't forget. <laughs> Because you keep okay. asking me. But you know what? Women always are like, yeah, you look like you gained weight. But then men are like, yo, your ass got bigger. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I said that too. No, you didn't. Is You're like, did? you look fat as fuck. <laughs> How do you show your face in public? You lard ass. I would just quit now. <laughs> you lard ass. You lard ass. Danica lard ass. <laughs> Danica lard ass darling. Yeah, that's my name now. That's my stage name. That's how I want to be introduced from now on. Um, it went to my ass only. Is what I'm telling myself. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. So I take my time off from the gym. <laughs> Years at a time. <laughs> Just paying an enormous amount of money to go to Equinox, where I never stepped foot in. Um, but yeah, yeah, just take it easy. Have someone help you. I avoid pain meds. I don't think most people actually need them. Um, when I first got my boob job in Vegas, they gave me... Um, fuck, what did they give me? They gave me a bunch of fucking Oxys, like 200 pills of Oxys. And this was when Oxys had like a really good street price, too. Um, and they gave me... Um, Valium, and they gave me. What else they fucking give me? They gave me another drug that's like a total like mellow drug that's supposed to mellow you out, and it's Xanax. Yeah, maybe. And they gave me Xanax too. They gave me like four different drugs that were really like hot on the streets at that time, and I was like, damn. Okay. <laughs> I never touched any of them because I, just, I don't care for, to do drugs, but I just didn't need to. Like they gave you back in Vegas, they give you pills for like to calm you before surgery too, like Xanax and stuff. Um, but yeah. You just don't need it. Mm-hmm. You can take some panel threes if need be, but yeah, you're good. It's not as scary as it would make so to be. Uh, next question. How long is breast augmentation recovery? So again, it depends on you, your body, um, what procedure you did, how active your daily life needs you to be. Um, I'm lucky enough that I really can take time off my work and um, at my own discretion. So um, I had this last time I had a full lift and larger implants put in, and I took almost two and a half months off of work and any kind of um, active stuff. Um, I probably could have gone back a little sooner, but to me, I spent enough money on my boobs and they are my money maker. So I'm gonna take as much time off as possible to make sure the healing process is perfect. So yeah, I would, if just on the safer side, plan to take two months off work if you have an active job like dancing and have that money saved set aside for two months of bills put aside as well, plus some in case something goes wrong. but if you're a desk job, you can probably go back to your desk work, honestly, like, a few days later. Usually some people go back. Um, but, yeah, recovery's not bad. Next question. I was booked for a gig, and when I showed up, I found out that the guy who booked me is my good friend's ex-boyfriend, on again, off again, for years. The entire night, he was being super flirty and, of, cur- of course, asked me to not tell her anything. What would you do in this situation? That's kind of difficult. I mean, if you can avoid them if it's a good friend of yours if you can avoid them and still make money then I would do that out of respect but at the end of the day you didn't choose to be at that gig you didn't ask to like be hanging around him and you're you're at work you know like if you yeah I don't know yeah you're at work so as long as you're not like taking his number and like planning on meeting up with him after then that's fine 
No, I, I honestly agree. I, I do think there's that divide of I'm Danica at work and I'm this person in my personal life. And what mm-hmm. happens at work is work persona and I don't cross the two. And discretion is a huge thing in our work. People expect you to be discreet and, and keep things to yourself and, and not go telling who you're interacting with or who you saw at gigs. You can lose your fucking job for that. Um, and what, what good is it to go tell them, oh, I saw, your, I saw your man at a gig. You're fucking yourself over of work. You're hurting your fucking friend. Like, you're, you know, you're losing trust with other potential clients if they ever hear that you told people who was at a gig. Um, I think you just have to remind yourself, like, work is work and don't bring it home and like you said still try to respect your friend in in that situation you know by not going out of your way to like create something more there than work you know if he's paying you to do things by all means it's still work do it but I would suggest yeah obviously not trying to date him or something afterwards yeah exactly and you know I'm assuming by booked for a gig, she means like, um, or he means like a private party, right? Yeah, I would say so. Exactly. So like, I mean, especially in these times, say that there's like five guys there, and if the other ones aren't coughing up money or being broke or interested in other girls, then yeah, you can't fuck yourself over for four hours and not make money. Mm -hmm. But if you know you're at a at the club and you see your friend's ex boyfriend, maybe just don't approach him. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah, the club, like, it's much more, like, especially because the way they say it is, like, he booked them, so that mm-hmm. is your client now. Yeah. You didn't get to choose it, but that's your client, so you still need to work accordingly with how you would treat any client. Um, but at the club, 100%, I think you can avoid those situations and not put yourself out there, yeah. too. There's enough clients around to feed your pocket that isn't your friend's ex. Mm-hmm. 100%, I agree. Next and last question. Were you guys scared and or nervous your first shift and how did you overcome that? Um, I definitely was nervous. Um, I mean, back when I worked at the PR company, that was my first kind of dip into uh, sex work. And I remember it was this bus party heading up to Whistler. And I don't know, I mean... Again, it was a private party, so you've met up with all the girls first, and then you go to the bus and meet up with the guys. So I had a chance to, like, introduce myself and say that I was, I guess, new and didn't really know what to expect. This is before you were a stripper? This is before I worked at a club, yeah. Hmm. Um, but I actually met, you know, a girl who I'm still friends with today, and she really helped me out and kind of showed me the ropes. So that really helped with the nerves. And then my first shift at the club... Um, I, so my girlfriend, uh, our girlfriend Penny got me the job at, um, at the club that I worked at. So I went in for my first shift with her and she showed me the ropes. So interesting. Yeah. So I had, but you like me more, right? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm your favorite. Yeah. So like, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but you know, I was in a position where I had support, um, but yeah, I don't know. What about you? Don't. Oh God, save it for your slave. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I think I've like told the story a million times now. But I was serving in, in Fort Mac before I became a stripper. So I was already very familiar with the club. It felt very much like my home already. I knew a lot of the strippers already before I started dancing. So my first, before my first night, my girlfriend um, showed to her Logan. She's not dancing anymore. 
because this is, you know, umpteen years ago now, um, she came over to my house and she, like, wrote out, like, rules for me. Like, you know, between this time to this time, guys are getting drunk, don't bother, don't bother trying to ask for dances, this is power hour, this is the line I use to buy dances or sell dances, try to get double dances with me, like, we'll help each other. I, I work very much, like, how she taught me still in this day, like, where, like, I'm very much, like, um, I work smarter, not harder, and I'm very much into working with other girls. And, uh, and yeah, I don't, honestly, it's been so many fucking years now. I don't really remember. I don't think I was nervous at all because I had already, if I just walked into a club, I can imagine I would probably be nervous, but I'd been in that club for emptying mm-hmm. months already, and I knew everyone there. And, yeah, I, the, my first night working, I um, sold the most dances out of everyone. And Fort Mac was, like, fucking hustlers, right? So my boss was like, dope, I knew you'd be good at this. And, like, the usual number one girl was, like, livid and hating me after that. And, like, would tell people I'm pregnant, would tell people I have, like, sexual diseases or STIs. Like, she was Jesus. just out for me after that. Do you um, remember what the line was that she told you to use? I fuck, I don't remember now. I don't remember. I probably, I, I have the paper somewhere. I found it when I was moving the other day. I keep it just so for, like, funny. you know, just, yeah, yeah why not memories. Um, but, yeah, so I don't think I was nervous. Um, my first dance ever, I did it with a girlfriend of mine who does PR named Aaliyah. Um, I have re- re-met her many years later now, but I actually first met her back in Fort Mac, and I had a thought she was, like, beautiful, and I had, like, a little crush on her, and she was working my first shift, and she's like, you've never, like, done, done lap dance before? And I was like, no. She's like, okay, let's go find a duo dance, and we just did a duo dance together. Um, but yeah, I don't think I was very nervous. Um, and how did I overcome it? If I was, I, yeah, I met up with a girlfriend ahead of time. She gave me kind of the lowdown and then I worked with my friends all right down the floor. So it was kind of mm-hmm. nice to have people to tag team with and, and run things by. And I was very familiar with the club. So just preparing myself, I guess, ahead of time. Um, but yeah. And then I also grew up dancing, right? So that, I wasn't nervous yeah, about dancing. Sure. Uh, so date or dump. <sighs> He's almost there, guys. Um, number one, they've had six. So okay, they've had six one-year-long relationships over the past six years. Oh, this is a thinker. Your little yeah. face is perplexed. <laughs> I've gone somewhere. <laughs> um, I would probably say dump. Really? I yeah. Wow! Why, why is that you? Tutorials. You want to I mean, so I guess my instinct thought would be like, okay, well, maybe, you know, why have people broke? Like, why have they broken up? Why does everyone leave you? <laughs> why? Yes. Why does everyone leave you? Um, because you know, one or two, like maybe two, three year long relationships or something. You're like, okay, maybe it was just like. Uh, differences, but like six of them, I'm like, I think that's a you problem. Mm-hmm. And then also, You're the common denominator, and yeah. exactly. And then also, and this might just be the way that question is phrased, but had six one year long relationships in the last six years. Yeah. So you're getting out of a relationship yeah. and then instantly back into a new one. Yeah. I like six times. Yeah. Or they're overlapping. Yeah, so you can. You're a good listener. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you don't just fall out of a relationship and then instantly get back into a new one. So, obviously, you're talking to someone to the point that you're then breaking up and then dating this person instantly. Um, or you're just straight up. I feel attacked. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
So, no, um, you're probably a cheater, and I don't want none of it. You're probably the worst human alive. <laughs> uh, this is legit me. I'm always in, more than more than one year, but I'm always in relationships, and I'm always exiting one and into another. Uh, this is the longest I've been single in, like, ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, so, the moving into a new relationship right away doesn't bother me. I'm very much a serial dater like that. The thing that would bother me is that nothing lasts longer than a year. So, you know, mm-hmm. I've had a four-year relationship, four, another three-year relationship, two-year relationship, you know, like, whatever. Um, obviously not all, like, four-year relationships, but um, that would be concerning to me that you only ever make it to a year because a year, I find, is when it starts to become more serious. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just in, like, this fun period for the first year, and then you dip out as soon as it gets serious, or people realize you're not someone to be serious with. Um, so that, yeah, that would be concerning to me. Um, yeah. So I'd probably... It's probably dumb for me, to be honest, too. Yeah. It just... I just... Yeah, exactly. Okay, so next one. They've been engaged twice. How old are they? Like, how long were their relationships? Why did they engage? Okay, we don't get to ask all these questions. I have follow-up questions. (laughs) (laughs) They've been engaged twice. Riley, what are you doing? They can't see your little scrunched up face. Um, I, maybe, date, ugh, I don't know, because I feel like either somebody in that relationship both times is not understanding the dynamic of the relationship, or they're just bailing when things get tough or serious, or they're jumping the gun on the engagement, in which case, like, if you're going to date them, are you just going to be another engagement? Or are they yeah. really going to see you as a potential partner who they want to spend the rest of your life with? Or have they just had really fucking shit luck, you know? Yeah, 100%. No, I agree. I think it's not as cut and dry. But, yeah, I would wonder, one, if they are preemptively, like, get engaged. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If they, like, yeah. Yeah, they jump the gun. They're like, let's get engaged. We've been together for a year, even though this probably won't work. Yeah. Or, like, they just... Or they just do it because they think it's expected of them. Like, yeah, I would be a little hesitant, too. Yeah, it's a band-aid for a relationship that isn't yeah, going like, so well. It's like having a kid or something, yeah. Um, so I'd probably dump as well. Um, lastly, third one. They slept with their ex three days before you met. Date. This literally just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I... You, I would date cautiously. I don't know. Like, I'm like, why are you still fucking your ex? Like, clearly that's something still it's there. Comfortable. But then I'm not going to be easy and comfortable, so you're just going to, like, still fuck them behind my back? Well, no, because, I mean, you said three days before you guys even met. Like, you're not even in their life, and you just have to, like, you're expecting people to just not fuck their ex. Like, it's 20, pe- 20 people fuck their ex. Like, if they... We're fucking the ex like three Sounds days like before. Sounds a true ex fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Did it. Um, but yeah, like you're just, if it was like three days before they asked you out or three days before you guys were supposed to go out, like that's a little bit different. But three days before they met you, like, fuck it, date. Okay, I have another, I have another one. Okay. Well, no, one. you have to answer that now. Um, I said I would date cautiously. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I would still date them, but I would be very hyper aware of if they're still talking to that ex, if they're still, like, sure. you know, this friendship going on. If it was just because, hey, they want their dick sucked and it was easy and they don't really have feelings anymore and then when they meet when they have feelings, that gets cut off. Cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd be, yeah, I'd be hesitant. Am I, like, the rebound? Am I someone trying to make her jealous? Like, who knows? 
Um, what if they had... Okay, so this is, like, literally happened to me. So this one gentleman was had DM'd me, like, eight times since June. So we're Dump. in September now. That wasn't it? <laughs> Wait, there's more? Um, and then when I met with him, he told me he had broke up with his ex three weeks ago. Dump. So he was messaging me. Not that we weren't talking back and forth. He had just been, like, replying to my story since June. And he was still in the relationship because, like, the math added up. Yeah. Well, what was he, like, replying with? Like, fire emojis or, like, you know, yeah, so hot or, like, things like that. Like, flirty, flirty little things. Not, like, suck my dick. But, like, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If it was just, like, the pre-made emojis... Isn't it funny how Instagram has become this thing where it's, like, there's different tiers of, like, Instagram behavior? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. But, like, if it's just, like, the instant, like, reactions, yeah. then I would still probably date. But if they were, like, going out of their way to be, like, fuck yeah, Danica, you look so hot. Like, yeah. that's kind of, like, it's just one more step to, like, you're not just appreciating a post that's there, but now you're, like, trying to get the attention please reply to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would date cautiously again. Like, I mm-hmm. would date you, but I'm not dumb enough to think I'm so special that you're not going to maybe do that to me when we get a rough patch. Like, yeah. you're, like, reaching out to the next girl already. Yeah. Okay, well, that is it um, for this episode. Riley, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Vansity Riley. Awesome. And as always, you can find me at 50plusatip on Instagram or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com and you can slide into my DMs with questions, comments. Um, if you guys have date or dumps you think we should try um, try to answer, uh, throw them at us. And lastly, make sure to check out our amazing sponsors. We have Miss Envy Botanicals and they're dedicated to producing 100% organic medicinal cannabis products available at upscale dispensaries nationwide. They have a wide variety of products ranging from topical skincare, culinary additives, and cannabis oils, as well as Phoenix Tears. All of their creations are produced with only the best organic non-GMO ingredients and infused with love. Use code DANNY10, that's dani one zero for 10% off. And Truly Lifestyle Brand, which is a natural, cruelty-free skincare company that allows your skin to become its best self. They just launched two new amazing products, a facial scrub and a powder exfoliant. So go check those out. Use code TRULY plus a tip for 10% off your first online order. We also have Temptations Avenue Laundry, which is a Canadian-owned laundry brand with a variety of styles ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use our discount code TIP25 to get 25% off your entire order. That's TIP25 for 25% off. And lastly, for hair and skin products that work wonders, follow our girl Tiffany.Valentina.Bella. Message her Danny here to get your personal hair and skin consult and save up to 40% off her amazing products. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a wonderful week. And happy hoeing. Bye. Bye.